Welcome to the Full Contact Fantasy Football Show with your hosts, Nick Zapina and Sharif Phillips-Keaton. All right, guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Full Contact Fantasy Football Show. I'm joined with Sharif Phillips-Keaton and a little blast from the past, our good friend, the one and only Brian Clegg. What's going on, guys? Uh, that is co-founder. I am a co-founder <laughs> of the podcast. Just Everybody else in the podcast is a co-founder. I'm just saying, just the correct title. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. Brian, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're up to, why you had to take a little bit of a step back, because you're kind of doing some exciting things. Uh, yeah, there's a couple things things I can't really specify at the current moment. Um, but I have taken upon myself to have, I'll call it, I've, I've furthered my knowledge into things and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> so now it's taking like, up, but... so now it's taking up most of my time during the day. So I, I, I'm only available during the weekends. And uh, it kind of it kind of screws things up for like you and Sharif. So I've decided to, and I trust you guys with the main show and everything. So I f- I figured I'd be able to take any time that I have during the weekend and try to get the hockey podcast started that I've been talking about. So, um, you guys are doing a really good job, though. I I, I listen all the time, of, of course. Well, thank oh, well, you, thank Brian. you. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, very much. Sharif, what's going on with you? Uh, nothing much, Nick. Just happy that uh, Brian Clay gets to join us for some more uh, sports talk, whether it be real or imaginary. Um, <laughs> I feel good. Fantasy, really. You know, fantasy life. <laughs> um, feel good. Just ready to talk. I mean, this Alvin Kamara situation gets more interesting by the day. And obviously, uh, Leonard Fournette obviously just spewed a bunch of trash about the Jacksonville Jaguar quarterbacks that he he's played with. So it should be a pretty juicy show. Yeah, I agree. And if you're listening, uh, Sharif kind of alluded to, uh, alluded to it. What we have on tap today is, I think, a pretty exciting conversation about Leonard Fournette and Alvin Kamara and how they're... Um, release and contract negotiation injury all of this stuff is gonna manifest itself throughout the season but after that we're gonna get into a little bit of a conversation about different league styles formats and strategies that can help you uh go into your fantasy draft feeling confident and hopefully win your league so without any further ado let's get talking and let's start with a guy who I think it's probably going to be more fantasy relevant this year. Alvin Kamara. Sharif, Brian, I don't care how you start, but what are your thoughts on this Alvin Kamara contract, uh, the fantasy implications of it? And then we'll circle back and talk about the weird kind of injury thing that may or may not actually be going on. It's a pretty gray area. 
Well, I mean, Sorry, from the Nick. looks, from the sounds of, from the sounds of it, it doesn't sound like a, a very serious injury. And also, I'm seeing things online now. Bleacher Report and ESPN are saying that they are quote unquote extremely close to a lucrative extension. I mean, we're far we're far away from them. Like literally last week, ready to trade them. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I um, I think he's I think he's worth that kind of extension though. I mean. His career averages are like are five yards per touch. You know, he's got 27 touchdowns in what's it been like four years now? Is it four years? Yeah. So I mean, that's a that's a winning that's a winning running back right there. I think. I do agree, um, but I'm going to hand it over to Sharif before I give my two cents. Um. This contract situation has just been interesting. Or just matter of fact, just this whole training camp between Alvin Kamara and the New Orleans Saints has been like, honestly, it feels like a soap opera. Like, I feel like I'm watching a young and a restless, but instead it's the Kamara and the Saints or something like that. So it's it's just interesting how I went from Alvin Kamara was absent from practice. They were unexcused. Then it was because it was related to him getting a contract extension or, I guess, get a new one. Then it went to – it took a left to, oh, yeah, this man's either had an epidural or I think what is supposed to be a shot to the S1 joint, which is supposed to be significantly less, uh, you know, cause the pause than epidural. Now it's going back to, oh, yeah, uh, us and Alvin Kamara are very close to a lucrative extension I'm going to put air quotes around lucrative because apparently uh, Kamara wants closer to Christian McCaffrey money and the Saints probably want to give him closer to Joe Mixon money, which is a difference about $4 million because Joe Mixon signed for $12 million a year. Uh, McCaffrey signed for $16 million a year. So we'll see how lucrative it'll be. Um, just that, uh, you know, I'm not too worried about the injury. Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, some guys, I think, just deal with injuries better than others. And if anything, I feel like I've rarely seen Alvin Kamara, like, not be able to play because of an injury. I mean, last year he said he basically tore his knee by, I think he said, week three, week four, and he played the entire season. Granted, it wasn't as impressive as we're used to seeing, but it was still, you know, good enough to be productive. Only thing is, if that injury or epidural or whatever's going on with his back, if that becomes a real thing, Latavius Murray can definitely be a steal. I mean, he seems he seems to be one every year for the Saints because he just gets that random, you know, two day, two week start, goes for a hundred yards and two touchdowns in every game. So, um, I kind of wish I had some uh, shares of Latavius Murray, but you know, Nick, what do you think? Yeah, so I definitely agree. Um, and when it comes to the whole Alvin Kamara and the contract thing and whether or not they're willing to trade him, I do take the perspective at least a little bit that where there's smoke, there fi- there's fire. So the whole issue around Alvin Kamara possibly being traded, I'm not ready to dismiss it. Like, you can be extremely close to a deal and still do a trade. You know what I mean? And right. I do have my concerns about whether or not Alvin Kamara would be as effective from a fr- from a fantasy perspective in a different offense. Um, now, I think that 
with regards to the average draft position of Alvin Kamara, and he's typically going like top four, top five, pretty much where he's been going uh, in most drafts. Personally, I would knock him down to probably fifth or sixth off the board. Like I would much prefer to choose someone who had a more secure role in their offense, um, especially considering this injury, because Alvin Kamara is already not a 20 carry kind of guy. Like he'll be the kind of guy who can get like 15 carries on a good game and he could light it up in receptions and maybe get 12 receptions in a game, which is PPR money, no doubt. But I would feel more comfortable drafting a guy like um, Derrick Henry. And that's coming from me. And I'm not a Derrick Henry truther. Just because I do feel like Derrick Henry's a durable player. Um, receiving, again, there's a lot of unknowns about what is going on with Alvin Kamara's injury. But to me, it's a little bit of a red flag that you're getting injections, potentially epidurals, this early in the season. Like, that does not speak well to your durability. But the big takeaway for me is that Latavius Murray needs to be he needs to be drafted earlier than where he's going right now. Um, if you are an Alvin Kamara owner, I think it's almost a necessity to have Latavius Murray. Um, I'm a little bit worried. I would still draft him in the first round, just a little bit later. But that's my thought. Well, I mean, if you're talking about like trying to replace Alvin Kamara on your fantasy team, I I wouldn't necessarily go Latavius Murray because um, the guy is not really prone for the, the the amount of receptions that you kind of need to kind of at least soften the blow of losing Kamara. Um, so it's tough because he usually goes what like top five, top six, and. Uh, you you worry about drafting running back heavy first, but if if he's your number one pick and you're that petrified of him getting hurt, which if I'm an owner, I'm not really because just looking at it, he's only missed three games in three years, and I mean, the guy fought through injuries, so you you do kind of worry about like him continuing to fight through injuries, but he'll be there and he'll put up points. But if you're that petrified that you're going to lose him and you're going to lose your first round pick, you may want to soften the blow with somebody like, like you said, Joe Mixon. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not grabbing Derrick Henry because I'm missing out on a ton of receptions and receiving yards. And if if you're going to reduce the amount of carries or let's just say touches to about 23, 24, which I would have to believe that Derrick Henry averages over then you're losing all the reception points also because because now you have to make up especially if you're the ppr where you need to make up the reception yards and the reception points so somebody who i want to see carry the ball more maybe get the same amount of touches would somebody be like joe mixon especially because rookie quarterback he's gonna have to like dump it off every once in a while I just don't see Joe Burrow taking the huge shots down the field right away. So I think Joe Mixon will end up being a really good it's like fallback option for you. Yeah, I think it's just – I agree with Brian. Like if you 
if you have that kind of weird, because obviously with first round picks, um, you know, it's that famous saying, at least for fantasy football, you can't win your draft in the first round, but you can definitely lose it there. So, you know, Alvin Kamara comes with more risk than he has in the past. Um, but it's kind of the thing where, and now that I think about it, I kind of look at him as like a Saquon Barkley in a way, like it is starting to look that way. Like obviously both guys are immensely talented. Kamara has never been a bell cow back with the saints because he's always really shared the, the load with someone else, you know, first Mark Ingram now Latavius Murray. Um, but I just think the talent is too good or too – he's too efficient where I feel like you kind of have to take him where he's at and you just got to live with what the results end up being. Because um, even someone like Joe Mixon, who's also very talented, I just think that his upside isn't Alvin Kamara's, and I think their floor will be about the same. So I think it's just – yeah, I think basically the way to look at the situation is Latavius Murray should probably get drafted a little closer to, say, like low-end RB2, high-end flex, just to have that handcuff. And, I mean, worst-case scenario, if Alvin Kamara looks like 2018 Alvin Kamara, then, you know, you always have Latavius Murray there, and he's always a valuable handcuff. Plus, he still gets a good amount of carries even with Kamara. So it's not like you're totally losing out if you overdraft Latavius Murray, quote unquote. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Now, shifting gears to Jacksonville, Tampa Bay, some combination of the two. Obviously, the Jaguars cut ties with Leonard Fournette, former fourth overall pick. Um, A guy who is still considered by most of us uh, pretty darn talented, um, and the Jags just kind of, and that might be something to do with their hopes to get a high draft pick and maybe draft Trevor Lawrence, but it leaves us with two messy backfields in Jacksonville, in Tampa Bay, and guys, help me decipher what's going on, because I look at, I'll start in Tampa, I look at it, one, as this nasty, awful committee that I really don't want any parts of. Um, And that's me uh, being a guy who is a Ronald Jones truther this season, which kind of hurts a little bit to say. But um, what are your perspective? And let's start in Tampa Bay. Brian, you want to go first? Oh, sorry. Uh, In Tampa Bay? Uh, when do you think he gets the start? When do you, when do you, when do you guys think he'll get finally get the start? Because I'm, I'm pegging like week four. Or if I'm not sure he ever really ever. gets the start. <laughs> really, I'm not. I, sure. I'm with Sharif on that. I don't feel. I don't know for sure. It. Yeah, it's. Hmm. It's tough. Because now, because now you're gonna have Ronald Jones on like a very, very short leash. Because not only is Fournette behind him, but I mean, given his advanced age, but McCoy's kind of behind him too. So you kind of worry about that also. But I think Fournette is the bigger concern because it's like this giant being over Ronald Ronald Jones's shoulder. 
So, like, if he messes up, like, if he goes two weeks and fumbles back-to-back weeks, we could see Leonard Fournette being the bulk of the carry. The, the running back committee, which I always stand behind, uh, works with three running backs. It doesn't work with two running backs. Um, so McCoy's, I don't expect McCoy to make any kind of significant playing time this year. He may get a carrier or two every once in a while, but it's mostly going to be Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. And then I think eventually it'll be Ronald for Leonard Fournette given something on something miraculous happening. Like Ronald, Ronald Jones goes off for 200 yards plus multiple times. Uh, I, I fully expect to see Fournette in the starting role eventually. So now uh, you get to see kind of – so by then you'll need to have like a – if Leonard Fournette's going to be your guy, like maybe at a flex position or RB2 even, you'll have to find a filler. For me, it'll, it'll have to find a filler for those X amount of weeks that he kind of just sits there at the number two position. So, so Brian, let me ask, where would you feel com- uh, comfortable drafting Leonard Fournette? Like what round? Give me a range. Right now, like if we drafted right now, um, mm-hmm. I would say eight if he's there in a ten man okay. league. Like we just like literally like we just did on Sunday. Eight. He was still there at eight at our draft. A little surprising, but not really because. Like I said, like I, I'm just guessing when he'll play. Like just going off of, you know, some things that I've seen before with uh, the big name running backs getting thrusted in last second. But my guess is by week four, I think he's taken a much heavier workload than he is the first three weeks. Okay, Sharif. Um. I'm pretty much more on the way Nick's going about it per se in that like I love Leonard Fournette. So I think if you had asked me today who would be the best running back in that backfield, I'm going to say Leonard Fournette. But I think at this point for me, it's do you either listen to coach speak or do you just go by the personnel? So if I'm going by, the team, I'll say coach biggest part of the team, then I think Ronald Jones pretty much has his job where I'm he would have to mess up dearly for him to start, you know, share having to share work with Leonard Fournette. Um I could see a scenario where Ronald Jones is the early, early down guy and Leonard Fournette is like a change of pace, but you know, he, he can catch passes. You know, no one really talks about – I would say outside of fantasy football, talks about Leonard Fournette being able to catch the ball. So I can see Leonard Fournette being, like, the third down guy. And where I'm, with, like, with Brian, like, I'm not – I'm pretty sure that means LaShawn McCoy gets phased out because I don't really see where he would be better than Fournette or Ronald Jones. And then they obviously took uh, Keyshawn Vaughn in the third round. So I think – you know, Dari Agubawale already, you know, got the can. And I feel like, you know, before we know it, LaShawn McCoy is going to get the can. And then it will be pretty much, I would say, by the way, this by the time the season ends, I would say it'll probably end up being like Fournette, 
Ronald Jones like one A one B, um, and then depending on if Tampa's how they're developing on offense, Keyshawn Vaughn mixes in there too. So honestly, I wouldn't want anyone in his backfield. But if I had to take someone like Leonard Fournette, I would say before this he was going like the fourth or fifth round. I would say I would probably feel better taking him in like. Because of the risk, I'd probably feel better taking him in like the eighth or the ninth, and then the risk is built in if he doesn't take over the backfield per se. Yeah. So my perspective of it, and there, there's a lot to consider in this backfield. So I'll start with the release of Dare Agumbawale because he was pretty much viewed as their most competent third down back in the sense that he's a very good uh he's very good in pass protection. So them getting rid of Agunbawale kind of means that they have faith in someone on their roster to take over that third down role. Now that could very well be Keyshawn Vaughn, who my guess would be that it isn't because there haven't been raving review there haven't been rave reviews about Vaughn in camp so far. Um, it would either be Ronald Jones, who has not been thought of as a high-quality pass protector, or LaShawn McCoy, who probably fits the bill. And obviously, that's before bringing in Leonard Fournette. But people look at Leonard Fournette as this big, bruising running back who can probably lay a hit and get a good block for his quarterback, which is true. He is that kind of build. But all the metrics point to him not being a high quality blocker, which brings me back to it has to be either basically Ronald Jones, Keyshawn Vaughn or LaShawn McCoy. Now Fournette is a, he's got a very good pair of hands, but it seems like once he catches the ball, he's kind of stuck in mud. He doesn't usually put a lot of yards after the catch, um, which might just be a product of playing in Jacksonville. Like, it could be that that simple, that that offense was so bad. There's a lot that we're going to have to, like, see how it plays out. Um, I do agree with Sharif that Ronald Jones is still basically the starting running back. It doesn't mean that I feel super great about him. But I, I'm going to believe Bruce Arians here when he said that Rojo is the guy. Because Bruce Arians, a pretty, he's a pretty stubborn guy. Uh, the year that David Johnson flashed his breakout, his uh, rookie year, he was like outplaying. Uh, who was it at the time? There was CJ Two K. No, was it Peyton Barber? Uh, this was back in Arizona. Oh, sorry, man. You I don't remember his name, but basically, to start the season, David Johnson was the running back three outperformed everybody the whole year and uh, Bruce Arians basically didn't give him any chance until late in the season when everybody else was hurt. So Bruce Arians is just a stubborn guy. And I think that he knows what he has in Rojo and it's going to take a lot to get him to completely ditch him. I'm not saying that Rojo is better than Leonard Fournette because he's most likely not. I think that he is going to take a step this year, but We'll see how it plays out in Tampa. Now, shifting gears, and we can make this one a little bit quick. 
this leaves us with this really weird running back situation in Jacksonville, which should have some value, but it might be equally frustrating, if not more frustrating than what's going on in Tampa. Um, They have three running backs who are kind of viewed as grinders. And then Chris Thompson, who is poised to be the pass catching specialist where he should have some success, especially in PPR leagues. But basically the guys that you're looking at are Reichwell Armstead, um, James Robinson and last guy. Oh, Divine Devine. Oh, Oz- <laughs> I don't know. I think Ozebo. <laughs> I mean, the way I see these guys, each one of them is a dart throw. The one with the most secure role is going to be uh, Chris Thompson. But do you have any preference? Like if you're looking at the waiver wire and you want to take a shot at one of them, do you guys have a preference? You can go ahead. Sharif, go ahead. No, Sharif, go ahead, uh, man. <laughs> if I had to, you know, put my stake in a guy and say, I think this guy will shine above the rest in the backfield. I feel like I'm going to have to go with Ryquel Armstead. I mean, obviously, I know his future is pretty murky right now as far as accomplishing that because of him going back on the COVID-19 list for the second time. Um, But he, and this may not even really matter, but he is the most experienced or at least has the most NFL touches. But that's not saying much because I believe he only has 35 career Carries or touches, I'm not sure which one it is. Um, well, outside of the guys the other than Chris Thompson, who, you know, he's been in the league a while, but we pretty much know he's only really there to catch passes. So I'm not really expecting him to shine above the rest. Um, I mean, even when Leonard Fournette was there, um, there were some people raving about right quote Armstead, like, you know, pick this guy up. He's you know he's one of he's a deep sleeper, obviously, because Leonard Fournette handled like 120 percent of the running back touches. But uh, I don't know. I don't really know anything about James Robinson. He was an undrafted free agent and Divine Ozigbo the same way. So I feel like if I had to put my stake in any guy, I'm gonna pick Rykel Armstead. And, you know, and just hope obviously that he's only on the COVID 19 list because he, you know, knows someone that has it and not has it himself. Obviously the teams don't have to specify why they're on the list. Um, but it's, you know, more about recovery and all that stuff. So I'm picking Rykel Armstead. I think he'll shine above the rest. I have to agree with Sharif, actually. I, my gut, my gut would tell me Chris Thompson because my gut is still telling me that he's going to be the starter. Um, but if you, I know it's like, it's a really small sample size we're talking about, but I mean, the end of last year, he got in his last four games, he had like two carries, one carry, two carries, and then like 10 carries out of nowhere. And I think that Doug Marone actually, actually likes him. Uh, and I'm, I have no like uh real hard evidence to explain that other than the last four games of the season. And I mean, the guy's younger. He and as we know, like youth carries the running back position nowadays. The amount of young running backs that are out there now and how young they actually are is insane. 
So I would trust Raquel because I'm probably saying his name wrong. Raquel, Raquel. Um, but I trust him more than I would trust anybody else in that backfield. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I don't have any reason to back this up. As Sharif mentioned, there is an absolute paucity of evidence in this backfield to suggest basically anything. Like we, we feel most comfortable projecting Chris Thompson, uh, Raquel Armstead with his 34 touches in the NFL has the largest sample size <laughs> as a grinder for some reason. And like I said, there's no evidence here. My gut keeps telling me Devine Ozigbo, Divine Ozigbo. But the fact that I can't even say his name says a lot about <laughs> how much confidence I even have in him. He's just going to be my dart throw. Um, I know nothing. Uh, I think that the coaching staff came out and said that they feel confident in all three of Ozigbo, um, Armstead, and Robinson as three down backs, which is, I don't know, man. But I'm throwing my dart for Ozigbo. That, <laughs> that's all I can say. Um, all right. So we're going to shift topics a little bit here. And Brian, give me a league format that you're interested in. It could be, you know, dynasty or what we did in our most recent draft with two quarterback or tight end premium. I just want to talk a little bit about the different strategies and stuff like that. So we'll start with you, Bri. So right now I'm really into our dynasty league more than anything else because I mean, when you do, when you do the single season, it's kind of like ho-hum, like kind of the same guys get picked around the same time. McCaffrey goes first, you may go second, you know, I'm more interested in building something like maybe for multiple years. Cause I mean, imagine if we had somebody, if we had the combination of somebody like Michael Thomas or, and, um, I would say Amari Cooper at the same time that, that most of these positions are blowing up now. So I'm more interested in the, in the thought process of trying to build a, build a dynasty to for lack of a better word, to build that repetitive, repetitive winning and championships chances and stuff like that. So that's what's interesting me now. Interesting me now. And although they're not like amazing guys to pick up in free agents, like I found myself back and forth trying to pick up bench guys that are like 24, 23 years old because you never know when one of these guys is going to blow up. And I like them better than it. It got to the point where I took Cole Cole Komet. And I favor him over Jimmy Graham. And Jimmy Graham has been in the league for years. And I don't even know who Cole Komet is. But I like the I like the things that I hear about him. So it's just interesting to me because now I get to actually sit and be like a GM. So I don't pick the, the big names right now, but I may have a team of the future moving forward. That's what right. I like. And I think to that point, just something that like you should consider um, if you're if you're unaware of how Dynasty generally works, you have your veteran startup draft where pretty much everybody who played in the NFL in the year prior is available to be drafted. And then you have a separate rookie draft. And 
just to give some kind of perspective, um, Tyreek Hill was my first overall pick in the veteran draft. And if you take it back a few years, Tyreek Hill was like, I think he was like a fifth rounder in the NFL draft, which means that in your rookie draft, you could have had him for likely dirt cheap. And I only say that to say you can find tremendous value in your rookie draft in every round, no matter how many rounds you have. Like ours was only four. And there's going to be guys who break out from our fourth round pick who are going to end up being studs. And we have no way of really knowing it at this point, but just this idea of managing a team from top to bottom is a lot of fun to me. And I think that there's so many layers to the, to the selections and stuff that you have to consider. And it's just pretty cool. I'll circle back. I have another comment, but Sharif, let me hear what you're thinking. Um, is he muted? Little technical difficulties. Technical technical difficulty here. I apologize. Um, That's there he is. <laughs> yeah. Give that dramatic pause. No, I'll just play. I had to um, tap my mic. I was thinking about tapping my microphone, uh, my headphones, and be like, what the hell's going on? What's going on right now? Minor te- technical difficulties, everybody. It's okay. <laughs> I'm still um, Hey, if the news is allowed to have technical difficulties, so are we. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, I prefer season long to dynasty only because like I'm more of a guy like I like to I think it's just because I you know I came into this fantasy football game you know young unproven and I'm just used to doing you know I only have to think about this season and then I can scrap it all and come back again next year I get the whole you know GM side of you know I want to make an investment in this guy and I want to pretend I'm like Brett Veach or, well, I wouldn't want to pretend to be Dave Gettleman. I mean, you know, but I would want to pretend to be, I don't know, John Snyder or someone and like, you know what? I don't really know much about this guy except for what he did in college, but I'm going to take a chance. I just don't like waiting that long. And then like, you don't really know how to value someone. Like I literally had to think, am I really not going to go quarterback with my first pick? in a dynasty draft, you know what I mean? Like, obviously it took me a little while to come around because I ended up with a great season long quarterback room because all of my quarterbacks were 35 and older. Um, But in dynasty, that's pretty much like they're about to collect social security. I'm going to have to move on soon. So it's like (laughs) um, dynasty dynasty has its perks, but I'm more of a season long guy and I just like the more of the immediate satisfaction. Like, you know, if this is a good pick or not, because you'll see like week one, whereas like I drafted like Harrison Bryant and who knows when I'll find out if he's even going to stay on a team longer than this year. So yeah, I'm a season long guy. (laughs) Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, I I've already found myself like looking at certain players and being like, man, I can't wait to see where this guy is in three years. And then I like hear myself and I'm like, three years? <laughs> I have to wait three years for this guy? 
Um, like I, I happen to have CD Lamb, and I'm excited about CD Lamb. I mean, he is a cowboy, so hurts a little bit. But I'm excited from about him from a fantasy perspective. And then I thought about it. I was like, well, maybe Gallup will walk in free agency. Maybe someday he'll supplant Cooper as the wide receiver one. And then I thought, oh, Cooper got a big contract. Man, I'm going to have to wait a while. <laughs> anyway. It's only, for, it's, it's only for four years, so you'd be, you'd be all right. <laughs> <laughs> killing me but the other thing that i kind of wanted to touch on and just this is just my perspective because as brian alluded to the purpose of dynasty is to build a dynasty like you can go in like sharif is doing with a team that is ready to win now and you know blow the doors off the competition in year one which is totally fair someone has to win the championship now but I went for a little bit more of a long-term approach. So what I did and what a lot of people do is they basically go zero running back without, without the title, you know, like you go heavy on wide receiver, you get your tight end, you target your quarterbacks and then your running back too is Ronald Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Um, or running back three is Cream Hunt, which I'm actually excited about, but whatever. Be that as it may. He just signed him he just signed himself a deal, didn't he? He did. Two more years with the Browns. Yep, for around thirteen ish million. So not bad. Not a bad little contract there. And then I'm gonna pivot a little bit. We recently did a draft that was uh super flex. Uh, it, it's a redraft, uh, super flex, tight end, uh, premium. So let's ignore the super flex for now, but let's talk about tight end premium, what it is and basically how it should affect your draft strategy. So tight end premium basically allow or a lot, a certain greater point per reception than other positions in a traditional one. If it was in a standard league, uh, obviously that would be zero points per reception. Your tight end would get one point per reception. So it's a pretty significant boost. Um, Our league is a traditional half PPR league and our tight ends are going to get one point per reception. So how would this affect your guys strategy when it comes to the tight end position obviously some people like to wait some people want to go get their elite tight end what are your guys thoughts let's start with Sharif um it definitely makes it I feel like in a tight end premium league I feel like it because you think about it guys like George Kittle and um Travis Kelsey and to a lesser degree, Zach Ertz, they pretty much, if you were to just eliminate tight end and wide receiver, or I guess you could try to put them all wide receiver, Travis Kelsey, I think every year finishes pretty much on par with a wide receiver one. And I think, Nick, we talked about that the other night. And I'm sure George Kittle finishes like a little behind him. And then Zach Ertz is probably closer, like low end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two. So I feel like the best way to approach it is probably with the top guys like Ertz, 
Kittle, um, and Kelsey, that you have to approach them as if they're wide receivers. So it's really important that um, if you don't take one of them with your first overall pick, let's say you're like the you know number one or number two, you're probably not going to take them that high because no wide receiver is going that high in a season-long league. But if you're like eight or nine, maybe even ten, you know, that's where like you should be picking your wide receivers. Why not pick Travis Kelsey with your like tenth overall pick, and then you basically have a wide receiver one, and then you can turn around and pick a wide receiver. And then, or, you know, running back start getting thin around the fourth or fifth round, you know, start stacking on running back. So I think it's just the real main difference. You got to start treating the top tight ends like they're wide receivers, and then you should adjust your rankings accordingly. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm going to go off a little bit. I mean, the tight end, like I was, it's in the name, like it's premium tight end. So the tight ends become way more valuable than maybe even some wide receivers that you may take. I mean, by then you see if it's based off of how many receptions they can get. I mean, based off of last year, I mean, people like Darren Waller will go off the board way earlier. And, you know, some more surprise names. I mean, Austin Hooper, not a huge surprise name, but I mean, to have him being thrown around the names of Kelsey and Kittle and Ertz, uh, definitely flips the game around a little bit because now you're looking for you're looking at more points at a position or out of a guy that you may not have anticipated originally or that most people aren't anticipating so i mean it definitely creates an interesting dynamic uh unfortunately we are not part of that kind of league because i have tight ends out the wazoo so i mean <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it, it definitely makes it interesting. And I always, I'm always a fan of something that creates a more level playing field so that I hate when the same people get drafted all the time. And I just said it like not too long ago where the same people get drafted over and over again, in the same position. So you kind of expect the same draft. It kind of like falls into this filter that just becomes the same thing over and over again. So I'm a huge fan of anything that can switch with the game. Like we just did the super flex. So now we're basically a two quarterback league without calling it a two quarterback league. <laughs> well, <I guess> so. <laughs> that's all I got to say down there. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, Nick, what's in there? Oh, you with us, man? <laughs> Uh, I guess maybe we're having a little oh, time. Oh, no. <laughs> well, while we're, <laughs> while we're waiting for Nick to come back to us. Um, yeah, Brian, I, I, I agree with you. Oh, we yeah. got you, Nick. Oh, he's okay. back. I'm back. <laughs> right. Sorry about that. Banging on all That's cylinders cool. today. <laughs> My connection is uh, that filler conversation. Class. That filler conversation is about to be ugly. So go ahead, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, was it, was it an argument in the making? A debate? I don't no, know. Shreve I, was just about to ask me something. I guess it would have been the most devastating question I've ever faced. <laughs> That's okay. A, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't important. <laughs> it sounded like it was going to be an Odell Beckham question. Uh-oh. Oh, God, no. Well. <laughs> That's not for this show. <laughs> That's for the nah, next you one. Know what? <laughs> we, we have to at least mention it. All right. If you're unaware... Oh, God. 
<laughs> there has been some news, I'll call it. It's it's a hundred percent a rumor, and I don't think it's actually true, but it has made for a funny day on Twitter, on Instagram, that Odell's baby mama. That's his um, baby mama. What's that? That's his baby mama. That's what I heard. It could be totally wrong. Release some news about uh, Odell's personal preferences and <laughs> leave it to Shut say, up, Drew. It's okay. It's a uh, it's very convenient that he plays for the Cleveland Browns. I'll say that. Ooh, um, oh man. <laughs> now it is most likely false, um, but it made for a funny day. Uh, I joke. I kind of wonder what this does to Odell Beckham's draft position. Now, obviously, if you're a savvy fantasy owner, it shouldn't shouldn't really affect it. But I I'm very curious to look at ESPN and see how the, the ratings fluctuate the fluctuate just a little bit over the next few days. Um, but on that note, I think we covered it. I think we hit it a lot today. Do you guys have any closing thoughts? You want to end on that note? I do. I feel like it's fitting. <laughs> Fine. Fair enough. Well, um, my closing remark will be, please listen to my hockey podcast. That'd be really great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good plug. Wow. I am... When I tell you that the first show and the only show that I have up there right now, because I didn't really get to this weekend, because I, I'm gonna admit I was a, I was a little lazy. <laughs> I was a little lazy this weekend, so I will get to it. I have conference finals to cover, and I will get to it eventually. But uh, talking for 25 minutes, and I give I really underestimated the kind of dynamic that we had. <laughs> But talking for 25 minutes straight might be the worst thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> Do you hate your voice a little bit more now? Yeah. I have to like I'm I'm one of those people that just can't stand my voice. We're and you all know one it of does sound people, And you know it does sound different. It does sound different when other people hear it versus when you hear your voice. And it wasn't it wasn't much long ago that I realized that there's a slight lisp in my voice and I really hate it. <laughs> it happens. Well, well I don't think I anyone mean, else would notice. Uh and my closing closing remark will be I'm so happy the football's back this weekend. This will be fun. Yeah. My double closing remark. <laughs> the closing remark on my closing remark will be <laughs> Um my closing remark is uh, the Odell theory is definitely interesting. <laughs> um, I think I'm about to be a Mitchell Jabrisky truther. I just think it's more fun to do that. Like, why why just spoil everything by making Nick Foles take his job? No, just just let Trubisky go back out there. Um, <laughs> and uh, go Chargers. We're about to go 5-11 and 11 and throw for 2,900 yards as a team. So, Wonderful. <laughs> oh wow no belief no belief in ty god jeez i mean he's great for fantasy ty god is strictly for fantasy like foot real football he's like 
a safer version of Alex Smith, which is, you know, not that productive, I guess. It's good, but, you know, you can't run many games with that. So, Well, on that note, you can hear that the positivity is just emanating out of our crew. <laughs> Uh, Sharif has high hopes for his Chargers at five and eleven, which actually might be a little bit of high hopes this year. I'm not sure. We'll see. Wow, oh boy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we'll, well be competing for the, N- the Eagles, Eagles. Will be competing for the NFC East. Yeah, we'll be competing for the East yep. at uh, like eight and eight, nine and nine again, nine and seven. I mean, numbers exactly. So as always. Guys, it's been a pleasure. Um, for those listening, follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, at Full Contact Pod. Uh, we definitely appreciate all the support and hope that you guys have you know nice things to say. Any questions, feel free. Reach out, DM, at us. You know, we'll answer it on a podcast or something like that. So, have you got, have you got a DM yet? Of course, I have. No, I'm just kidding. I haven't no, not a shot. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's I, nice. I've gotten, I've gotten a few from bots that are asking for sexual things. So you know how it is. Instagram. I'm glad I don't have any uh, <laughs> ideas then. Uh, <laughs> um, <about> that. But <laughs> is it Sharif? <laughs> oh boy. You know, you could always be the first person to send me a DM with a question or something that you want us to to cover i'd appreciate that i'm not on the show anymore i'm basically a listener (laughs) that's right all right guys thanks for listening and as always you know keep in touch okay absolutely thanks for listening guys